And that was Romeo Romeo by Becca. You're listening to WKNB. Later tonight, tune into your favorite shock radio show, Back Talk with Barry Sims. But stick around because coming up next, it's Haddonfield's resident Halloween fiends, Jay and Matt with the Purple Stuff Podcast. Michael Audrey Myers is back in theaters <laughs> this October, Matt. It's true, but is that part true? Is his middle name really Audrey? Yes. Wow. Michael Audrey. Ma'am. His, Ma'am. His, yeah, okay. Yeah. Webster would love him. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Webster <laughs> wouldn't shut up about this series. <laughs> That's why there's a, a dumbwaiter scene in two of the films. <laughs> You're absolutely fucking right. The callbacks. It went all the way to H2O with those Webster callbacks. Should we go back in time and say, let's just make this a Webster Halloween episode? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm with you. Let's switch gears right now. Emmanuel Lewis. <laughs> No, so Michael Myers hits screens once again to terrify all of us, along with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I still can't get over it. I mean, I feel like, when did they announce it? It feels like six weeks ago, but I guess it's been a couple of years, right? Probably, yeah, because I remember when they first started talking about uh, how they started writing it, and it's basically a comedy team, which I think is going to be fantastic. Although, it's a whole new timeline so we're starting right from the end of the first one 40 years later which kind of is like your dream come true because you (laughs) never no i'm serious because you never liked the brother sister thing i exactly i don't like the brother sister thing but i do like the sequels (laughs) that they made after two so like they call it the thorn trilogy yeah but you had retweeted recently that meme that image of like the six thousand different timelines in the series right it's like anyone complaining that this new one is off canon it's like jesus christ everything's off canon no matter what you like there's something for you because (laughs) there's so many different timelines (laughs) i love it it's so great it's like cloverfield paradox but halloween Do you have a favorite installment? Aside from the first one, I think, can we agree that the first one is legitimately the best of the series? Objectively, the first yeah. one is the the best, yes. So with that said, what would you choose as your favorite installment? I'm going to have to go with Halloween 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's like, at this point, it's like a cliche thing to even say, but that's really the movie that I could watch all the time and do. Right. I grew up on sci-fi shit more than horror. You know that. Like, I was a Star Wars kid, so I would go to the video store and i get all these, like, random 70s sci-fi movies, and Halloween 3 is essentially a 70s sci-fi movie. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I feel like Halloween 3 has a vibe to it. Like, it's totally fall. It has that kind of, you know... And the kids, you kind of put yourself in the place of the kids. Those mask-wearing kids? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> How about you? What's your number one? Aside from number one. 
I don't want to say three just because you said it, but I would probably choose three as well. Really? Yeah, but I would say that if I wasn't going to pick three, shockingly, I would probably go for the producer's cut of part six. Yeah, I'm learning recently that you're yeah. a big fan of that part six producer's cut. The reason why is because I never really got to see any of the bootlegs that made their way around the horror conventions right. back in the day. I never really watched any of those or got my hands on any of them. So when I saw the producer's cut, which was only recently, a couple of years ago, I mean, it blew my mind. It made me look at the film in a completely different way. It's so funny because obviously I know about it and I probably own three copies. I don't know that I've ever actually seen the producer's cut of part six. It's almost completely different. Well, really... I mean, I would hope so <laughs> I mean, nothing against parts look all the later installments in all of these franchise halloween friday 13th elm street they get a little goofy but they all have their charm and i love them all yeah. but part six the theatrical cut is just such a mash of vibes yeah so i'm hoping that the producer's cut kind of like gets it all on one page it really does. It makes it way more cohesive. Like, And actually, you know, if anybody's listening and they haven't seen that version, they have to see it because it's actually really good. I mean, when you say it's good, that's the thing, because there's a curve that you have to go with. And I would say when you look at the Halloween franchise, it's not like watching the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street series, because all those movies on a whole have their fans. Halloween series, for some reason, the fans are so contentious about some of these things. Like, some of the fans like them, some of the fans hate them. Not everyone is universally loving these movies. Yeah, you're you know? right. It's odd because, you know, I'm a big Friday 13th guy, then yeah. Elm Street, and then this would probably be my third. And I have noticed that we tend to give Jason and Freddy a pass for anything. Right. Yeah, and Michael Myers, like he, you know, he moves a little bit to the left, and we're all shouting at him, <laughs> "You motherfucker!" The poor guy, he doesn't even get to talk either. I mean, come on, what did I do, Ma? <laughs> Give the guy a break. Uh... So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like some of them, to say it's good, you're gonna get a thousand people to say, "Well, no, it's not good." We'll give it a pass, though. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, overall, it's a great franchise. Obviously, we wouldn't be wasting our night on it otherwise. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the 11th film in that series if you count the two zombie films. So that's pretty Jeez, huge. That is huge. What else has that many movies? I I mean, aside from like, does Hellraiser? I don't know. I don't even know if Hellraiser is that high. And I don't even know if you can count all of the Hellraisers because like, I think some of them were like stage plays in public schools <laughs> in, in Delaware. <laughs> Off Broadway somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but we've been trying to do a Halloween show probably even before they announced that they were going to make Oh my a movie. God, it's so true. This has been on our Halloween to do list for years. Yeah. So tonight on the Purple Stuff podcast, our Halloween special. Yep, this is similar to the shows we've done for Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, where we're going to kind of go through really random things that somehow tie to this movie franchise. Right, because we can't just sit here and say, hey, remember that part, Matt? That part was awesome. Well, we talked about this. Look, there are people that do horror movie podcasts who know about this stuff way more than we do, so it would be like, what the fuck could we add? So we're going to go real deep cut on this. Yeah. I think you should start. Okay, I'm going to start. Here we go, go with my very first Halloween 
thing. Number one. My first pick is the infamous Halloween Atari game <laughs> released by Wizard Video back in 1983. Did you have this when you were a kid? I was four. I did not. I <laughs> was born into a house that had an Atari, so I kind of inherited it. But no, we didn't have anything like the Halloween game. Yeah. The short version is that Wizard Video released Atari games for Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. I think it was like pretty much at the same time, too. And I don't know where the truth stops and the legends begin, but based on the stories of Red Online, these games were not like widely available. It wasn't like you would go to Toys R Us and it'd be right out there for you. Right. Like more or less in kind of like lesser known shops. And sometimes the stores that did carry them didn't even leave them out. Like you had to ask for them because they were adults. Yeah, it was like this kind of cult thing. Like, you could probably buy it on the street corner from a guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's funny you say that because some of them were so bootleg looking that they even had handwritten labels. I did see that. Yeah, and those are like official the releases. They're not like, you know, someone just added it later. Like, that's how they were sold. I was reading that I think the company was trying to save money. So on some of the labels, they actually just, in orange magic marker, they wrote yeah. Halloween. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, if I had a preference between a real sticker and a homemade orange magic marker sticker, I'm totally taking magic marker. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Add to the charm. So in the game, you control Laurie Strode, even though she's only identified as the babysitter. Right. And you spend it trying to save these random children from Michael Myers in this endless chase around what I guess is like a two-story house. It, well, it, it, yeah, that's questionable because it looks like it's a never-ending two-story house. I'm that, with you on yeah. that. It's, it's basically just, yeah, it's just a, it's a pink nightmare is what it is. It's just an endless series of hallways and, and, and rooms and just nonsense. It's pink, it's purple, it's yellow, it's yeah, green. It's, 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 <laughs> every Halloween, this looks more like Easter. <laughs> <laughs> so if michael catches any of these kids he stabs them right and if he catches you he cuts your whole fucking head off <laughs> i saw that <laughs> so you got like you're running around after you die you run around without your head and it's like spraying atari it's, blood yeah it's it's spurting whatever color like sometimes it's blue sometimes it looks yellow <laughs> oh i didn't even notice that part but yeah. yeah you're you're spraying blood which well, because you would think it would be red, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just the limitation of the graphics. Maybe there were some red walls and they had to create a contrast. I don't know. Yeah. But from what I can tell, there was no way to actually beat that game. Right. You could only, I was reading that you can only get 675 points, which I, no one could really explain the significance of that. 675. Hmm. Yeah. Like, why couldn't it have been... 666 oh god that's yeah fucking they missed an opportunity there I know, right geez. come on so i mean it's like if you look at it now and you could play this online i think both of us gave it a whirl before we recorded mm -hmm. it's frustrating oh my god it, it is but i think yeah. it's all like pretty much all of the old atari games are so i don't think this one is dramatically worse than the norm of the time 
Well, I mean, it kind of is because one of the things is that there's not much to do. All you need to do is you keep walking through the rooms to escape Michael Myers. And, yes. But that there's nothing else to it. That's literally all you need to do. Well, I mean, it's, it's just... faithful to the movie, though. <laughs> I know. much the plot. And then every time he comes in, the song comes on, oh, right? Yeah, the song. The theme song. And, like, do you remember when you loved the Halloween theme song? Yeah. But after you play that game for 10 minutes, you hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know if I'd go that far because that song is as if it's like Michael Myers was running his own ice cream truck. It's like this really kind of happy-go-lucky version of the theme. Very MIDI style. It's definitely MIDI style, but I mean, like, oh my god. Yeah, it's it gets like a little... Every two seconds. When the song comes on, it's alerting you that there's danger. Yeah. And it's like, basically, is there any point in this game where there's not danger? Because that song just keeps stopping and starting and stopping and starting. <laughs> but it doesn't pick up where it left off. It goes back to the beginning. Right. So you only hear the same thing that's, over and over again. That's the terrible part, because you're playing the game and you kind of want to let the song go so you can get to that, you know, heavier midsection. But you can't, because you keep switching rooms, and then it starts over. You're like, fuck! <laughs> so you're just stuck in this like so this... you're just standing around you have no head yeah your neck is just spurting blood and this theme keeps going over and over and over again yeah it's, it's a it's a real treasure <laughs> so the uh cartridges now sell for like as high as 150 dollars yeah yeah i was i was thinking about buying one just as a rare collectible that i actually just wanted for myself but not for that much money or you could pick up some nondescript Atari game, get some uh, masking tape, and then write Halloween oh on it. God, there you go. So fucking right. Get me a pack of Crayola markers and a copy of Yars Revenge. be the Halloween man. This is a Halloween mask. No, the killer dude from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason. No. My first pick tonight is a scene from the movie Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Yes. And this was a movie from 2017, which was actually a big hit. And people are probably wondering right now, like, what am I doing? What am I even saying right now? But there's a point to this. Okay. Uh, and you don't even need to see the film to have known that there's a connection between the actor Mike Myers and Michael Myers. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. People constantly are like making jokes and confusing them. And, you know, you could just look it up on Google and you'll see a million different things. Oh, that's my I wonder, like, does he like just fucking hate it so much? <laughs> he probably. How many times has he heard that one? Yeah, it's ridiculous to the point where if you go to like YouTube, there's people that take footage from the Halloween movies and replace. Like Michael Myers, they voice him over with Austin Powers and stuff like that. <laughs> so in the movie Baby Driver, there's a group of criminals that are going to attempt a robbery. Okay. Right. And they hop into the truck that they're going to run out of. But before they do that, they throw some masks on. They have Austin Powers masks. They all have the same masks. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the idea is that one of the guys screwed up and he was supposed to get 
Michael Myers masks. Not so the, Mike they, Myers. Not Mike Myers, right? So <laughs> so they all kind of get pissed off at him that he did this. It was a comedic part of the film. Like re- it actually re- was really funny. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, and a lot a of people fan. were laughing. Yeah, a lot of people were laughing at that scene. But what I came to find out was that it was almost like one of those things where they kind of struck gold because they originally the filmmakers originally wanted the Michael Myers masks. Oh, but, really? Yeah, but I feel like that wouldn't have been as funny. You know? No, it totally wouldn't have. Yeah. And what happened? Like, were they not able to get the rights? Yeah, they couldn't get the clearance to do it. And I could probably see why, because they would make, like, a smear job on uh, Michael Myers, you know? But right. So what makes me think about this scene, how they kind of struck gold with it, is the fact that it does lead to all of these other things you see on the internet where, like, people do mashups of... Michael Myers and Mike Myers. So you'll see like a picture of Wayne's world, but it's like Michael Myers mask on. <laughs> yeah, it's the greatest. And you know, it's like yeah. that gag has been going around for as long as you and I have been online. Exactly. Like literally, like we're going back to the Stone Yoda image era. Like this was like one of the first things that spread around. Oh, look, it's Wayne in a Halloween movie. Exactly. <laughs> 20 fucking years later and it's still great. It goes even deeper, though, and I think this is the best part of this whole scenario, is that uh, in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, he had Weird Al Yankovic in a scene where he was on a talk show with uh, Chris Hardwick, and the line was, I'm a little confused, are we talking about the Austin Powers Mike Myers, or is this someone else? (laughs) Like, then you know it's really in that lore, it's in a Halloween movie. Yeah, it's part of the lexicon now. Oh, behave. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm watching this scene earlier, and Mm -hmm. like that chase scene was totally me and you looking for the Reese's Bat cereal the other day. (laughs) You're totally driving the same way. (laughs) We went to 85 stores. You're ducking under cars. Great. You drive with me, it's like you take your life in your hands, right? I'm pretty sure like you even have that same song on your playlist and you like to pump it up. Now I know why. Sorry, I'm pouring coffee. <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> I thought you were I don't want a fucking like, fire hose. What the hell's going on over there? I was like urinating into a glass or something. <laughs> okay, Jay, let's talk about one specific chapter from the novelization of Halloween 3. All right, let's do it. Okay, so in the movie, you remember the melting mask scene, of course. Of course I do. Yeah, probably, I mean, easily the most famous scene in that movie and probably the most brutal scene in any Halloween movie. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, for a refresher for those who have forgotten, basically we learned that the evil Conal Cochran had rigged his Halloween masks to turn their wearers' heads into swarming piles of bugs and snakes. Yeah, that guy was diabolical. Yeah, so it's just totally bizarre, totally gruesome, and it's not something you would see in today's horror films at all. Right. 
that scene was done entirely with practical effects with like real bugs and real snakes and shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it effective. But I also think it also makes it a little bit confusing because if you're watching that movie for the first time, I guess you kind of just assume that the weird magic trick turned the kids' heads into bugs. You're saying the head looked like it turned into... Well, um, I guess I'm like, what What do you take away from that scene? Do you really understand what they're going for if you watch the movie? Like, you get that some fucked up shit's happening, but you don't quite understand what is happening. Right. Yeah, there's some crazy shit going on. In the novel, you actually kind of can piece it together and really understand what the concept was. And I guess it's safe to assume that the novel was based on the script, so I think it's official enough. So it's not as simple as the kid's head just kind of like imploding. It's more like the kid's head turns into like an interdimensional portal. You wrote about this one time. I did, I I did. Yeah, and I was reading that. And yeah, if you get to read the novelization, it's a totally different thing. The basics are the same. It's still like a family room and, you know, bugs come and they kill them. But the intensity is way up in the novel. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, as so if, it opens like a portal. Yeah, it's basically like the kid's eyes start glowing red and his head is like just this mass that's pulling snakes and spiders and all kinds of shit from like another dimension. That's crazy. Yeah, it's not, it's basically like the plot of The Mist, but localized to a little boy's head. <laughs> oh, man. It's like the novel's mentioning a fist-sized spider and an enormous black snake. It's basically like these aren't real-life animals. They're almost like alien animals yeah just way creepier the head was spewing decay it became like really intense whereas like you said in the film it's not quite the same yeah the film like the film i'm not going to say that scene isn't intense it's what gets eyes on halloween 3 to begin with Mm -hmm. but in the book it's just the most ghastly thing you could imagine and the thought of that same thing happening all over the place which is what the plot of the movie is about Oh my god, just so much worse. Yeah, like a million kids right. all over the country happening to them. Right, because like in the movie, they're they're limited by their budget and their ability to pull this off. So they're using mostly a couple of little tiny snakes and crickets. <laughs> yeah. So this idea that you got these giant black spiders pouring out of kids' heads and shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Like I'd never trade the execution of that movie. I love the practical effects. Yeah. But if someone remade it today with CG you would have a ball at that scene. Yeah, but I wouldn't have, it would lack the charm. Oh, totally would. But I'm just saying you could more easily pull off this whole idea that a little boy's head is turning into an interdimensional (laughs) portal. This poor kid with the pumpkin on his (laughs) head. buddy. He didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) I'm sitting there saying it wouldn't have the charm of, like, what do you mean charm? This kid's head is decaying (laughs) in front of you and there's snakes all over it. That's grandma's favorite. So Halloween 3, the novel, that was yes. my second pick. Real barn burner, I think. <laughs> I think this whole thing is a big joke. I mean, look at this. Number four.
My next pick for tonight is all about memes. Memes? Yes, and it kind of ties back to the last choice that I had. Because basically that Mike Myers thing has become a meme. But this choice here is how I feel that memes especially those of Michael Myers, have become like the modern-day Fright Flicks cards to us. Yeah. When you brought up Fright Flicks cards on uh, the Purple Stuff, I, I think it was a previous episode, Yeah. it made me think I was on a Google search, and I was actually looking up Michael Myers memes because there's a lot of famous ones where, you know, there's, there's one where Michael Myers is kind of laying on the ground, and he's got his jumpsuit unbuttoned, and he's like bringing sexy back. <laughs> and then there's one where he's floating around in a pool and it says uh, when it's summer, but you can't wait for Halloween. <laughs> and I'm thinking this is kind of like the same concept of Fright Flicks cards, because when you're looking at those cards, it's just got a picture of a horror icon and a really cheesy one liner. Yeah, That's totally all it true. is. These are Fright Flicks for the digital age. Go on a Google search and you'll spend like 45 minutes looking at all these stupid memes. Yeah, just type in Michael Myers meme and it just let the music hit you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Turn on the, the spooky music. Yeah, it's, it's fucking oh, amazing. God. Yeah, so it was like a total time waster and I went down a rabbit hole, of course. So I found a few that I really thought were funny. Yeah, I found a few too because you challenged me. And I actually, yeah. you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure about this pick, but when I really fell down that well... It was just an endless supply of goodies. They range from mildly humorous to really funny. Yeah. I think one of my favorites, for some reason, there's a picture of Michael Myers. He's got his um, kitchen knife up, and it says, shot six times, doesn't rap about it. <laughs> my favorite one. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's funny. No, that's the greatest one. <laughs> and then the other one I really love is he's like rocking out on a guitar and it says, this next song is dedicated to some teenagers I want to kill. <laughs> uh, one more. The last one is he's in front of his house. He's got his knife up and it says, you came to the wrong house, MFR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me give you some of the ones I found today. All right. So someone photoshopped a picture of Michael holding up an iPhone. Yeah. Caption is Snapchat to Loomis. Haha, motherfucker. Look who's out. <laughs> <laughs> then there is another one where he has one of his victims like stabbed against the wall hung up sort of yeah it's never too early to hang halloween decorations <laughs> <laughs> and then finally brings a knife to a gunfight still wins <laughs> Well, we don't know if he's going to win against Jamie Lee Curtis this time. Oh, uh, nobody wins against know. Jamie Lee. She's pretty badass this oh, time God. She's always badass, but now she's she's up the ante. She's just it's like a fine wine. She really is. Oh, uh, man. So, I mean, these are some of the things that you could check out this Halloween season. Some really cheesy one-liners. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because you talk about this and you realize that the younger generation, like this to them, is such a part of their Halloween tradition. Yeah, they get so much traction. I mean, can you imagine how many people are posting these on Instagram and Twitter? Meanwhile, like you and me, like you're doing like a five hour Halloween special. We're doing these two hour podcasts. I'm writing these six hour articles. And meanwhile, someone just slugs a few words over <laughs> an image and they get 8,000 trillion times the eyeballs. 
Yeah, why are we writing memes? Yeah, That's all we need to do. What the fuck are we wasting our time with these shows, man? <laughs> Just get a picture of Michael Myers and put the caption Netflix and kill, and all of a sudden we're fucking famous. <laughs> we're in the wrong business. Oh, I'll tell ya. <laughs> Number five. The shape. The face. The town. The night. Ten years later. He's back. Halloween 4. The return of Michael Myers. Rated R. Stars party. The fear they were driving their youth. So I just wrote about this on my site, but I felt like I needed to double dip. Okay. From back in 1988, let's talk about that drugstore scene from Halloween 4. I love that. Oh, yes. God, so, so good. So perfect. Yeah. So for those yeah. who need the refresher course, there's a scene in Halloween 4 where little Jamie goes to a drugstore to find her Halloween costume. And she does, and she finds Michael Myers, too, and it's a pretty important scene that either starts or continues, like, ten different plot lines. <laughs> but, yeah, we're not skipped over that, because that's not what yeah. I'm here to talk about. Right. Halloween 4 was set right around Halloween, obviously, and in the 80s, every mom-and-pop pharmacy across the country became Halloween Central. Right. So when I watch that scene, it's like people like you and me grew up in stores exactly like that. Before places like Target and Walmart completely gobbled up the holiday, like right. that's that's really where you went to do all this stuff. One thing that I will say, a lot of people probably don't have the same experiences that we do if they're not in our area. Because I grew up, we never had a Target or a Walmart in our area. No. We didn't have, we, we only had those stores that you're talking about, like in little strip malls or in the local grocery store right next to it, there'd be like a little tiny five and dime or right, whatever. Right, totally. But I like to think that our experiences are everyone else's experiences. It just makes <laughs> life easier. Yes. If you study that scene closely, you'll even notice that, like, it's the same exact shit that was in our stores as kids. Indeed. Like, it's not just, you know, stuff that the prop department kind of made up. It's all real shit that you would have seen in a pharmacy or a Kmart in 1987. Exactly. Uh, there were the, what? how do you pronounce that, Beistel? Oh, Beastel. Oh, Beastel. I always say Beastel. It could be Beistel. Beistel, Beistel style. I, I like to say Beastel because it has Beast in it. Yeah, I, I figured that's what you were going for. <laughs> I don't know if it's correct, but I like it better that way too. So Beastel style die cut decorations. <laughs> yeah. There's an old Garbage Pail Kids costume, you know, like yeah. the old mask and smock style one. Mm -hmm. Itchy Richie. <laughs> there are those like living nightmare makeup kits. Mm -hmm. Do you remember those? Those were big time back then. They really were. You know, you would go to one of these stores and see the really kind of crappy versions of the makeup. Right. But then there was that kind of like the higher end right. makeup that was like, it felt like if you bought this makeup, you were like Hollywood kind of style monster. Totally pro level yeah. scars and yeah. wounds to your face. And plus yeah. the packages look like action figure packages, like just mm -hmm. so great. Yeah. There were masks and blow molds and spooky candles and all kinds of shit. Ugh, I don't know much about the production of Halloween 4, but whoever set dressed that drugstore scene, like, that was so on point. Not only was that super well done, but the whole film, that film was really, it had that kind of autumn, fall vibe. 
particularly that movie though did a great job so like you're right the people who did the the set design and everything wow really well well one of my points when i wrote about this recently was that the movie in general is the one that looks the most like what i remember our halloween's looking like yes like it really feels you can almost smell it when you watch it totally it's like a damp fall morning and the leaves are vinyl and vinyl and pumpkin guts and all that Mm. shit couple of things I did notice in that scene, which I really love, like they had trick or treat pails and like you said, those uh, paper decorations. I used to love those. You still do. They were such a big deal. Can you imagine, though, uh, we lived through a time where a cardboard cutout was a decoration that would have such an impact on our lives. Yeah. yeah it was a freaking piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Now you go to Spirit and they got like giant audio animatronic shit. And back then it was like a piece of paper that you hung up with masking tape. Oh yeah, my like, god, this place, it's like a dark ride. Yeah, I know. I just remember going to school, some of your teachers would have, like above the chalkboard, they would have those lined up all the, across the, fucking the, the best. top of the oh ceiling. Oh my god, there was, oh, like, every, I feel like every classroom in America did back then. It was like a prerequisite yeah. or something, but it was so great. But could you imagine how easy that is? You just buy a couple of those, you, you plaster them up on your walls, and bang, it's Halloween. Yeah, totally. And you're done. <laughs> you spend $3 yeah. in three minutes, and you're fucking done. These days, <laughs> like, you basically have to rewire your house to get all the shit in order. Yeah. One thing, too, and I don't know if it's – I'm not sure if it's accurate or not, but, like, I believe the first shot that you see, or one of the first shots that you see, it seems like it has those – figural type of candles where they're like these waxy kind of like they had ghosts and pumpkins oh, they and, totally have that yeah they're, I, co- they're covered in plastic and then you you unwrap the plastic and you can actually light them as candles those things were really popular back then because you can go to like hallmark and they had brand names of those and i remember them being really cool you could find them on ebay now for a lot of money uh like they'd have like a witch and a ghost yeah and they were like really artistically yeah. molded yeah, I used to love those. Me too. I just remember we would have like the whole collection of those and my mother would keep them under the china cabinet and like they would come out as we got closer to Halloween and she'd like set them up on the cabinet. Oh man, good memory. <laughs> so it was, it was like waiting for her to bring out the uh, fake Christmas tree. Yeah. Mom, exactly. when can we bring out the witch candle? Yeah. It's October. Little things like that just signal the the season, you know? Yeah, and, like, I guess that's why we're both still like that with all this nonsense. But this led me to remember that in the other night when we were going around to our own stores around here looking for Halloween junk, we kind of got into a debate. because (laughs) Debate is a nice way to put it. Yeah, so you said that was from Halloween 4, and I said, yeah, that store was also in Halloween 5. Uh, you took like major offense to me saying that so. it was an offensive line <laughs> you basically kind of like laid out this ultimatum and you're like you know what? i will bet you my majority stake in spirit halloween stores and all the money i have <laughs> and every belonging i own i was and i remain I'm, that sure and you're saying there's no way that that store was at halloween five and i said you're 100 percent wrong <laughs> well i mean am i wrong yes i wrong. am i really yeah. am wrong you yes. have, you've looked this up and improved it to yourself well i've seen the movie like fifty-five thousand times <laughs> i mean i think i saw it half of it once <laughs> so i who who better to be an authority on such trivial subjects than me <laughs> 
I know the reason why you didn't realize the store was in Halloween Five because they don't go into it. They just they just show it. So you're counting an outside view of Vincent Drug as another appearance of the drugstore. Yes. Huh. Hmm. Because it it's in the same town. That's fantastic. Look at that. It's so cohesive with Halloween Four. It's like Four and Five are brothers, sisters. Well, they. I mean, that's it's true. I mean, they are. They are essentially. I love that. And knowing yeah. that this drugstore makes a surprise cameo in five is all the motivation I need to watch part five again. You're going to love part five. There's so many good things in it. No, I, I, I'm i joking. I have seen part five plenty of times. Just for some reason, I'm not remembering this imaginary scene with the drugstore. <laughs> it's very inconsequential, but it's not imaginary. It actually does happen. Okay, well, I'll have to check that out. And I encourage everyone else to start with part four so you can see this drugstore in full. <laughs> yes, in all its glory. Yeah. I don't need to wear a stupid costume. That's because every day is Halloween at Jamie's house. Right, Jamie? Because your uncle's the boogeyman. Boogeyman, boogeyman. Jamie's uncle's the boogeyman. Number six. six times. Next up for me is the Funko Savage World figure line. Oh, fuck yes. The Funko Savage World figure line is based off of horror icons, and they're done in the style of the old He-Man figures. Yeah, it's like they're not even trying to do them any different. It's essentially getting Masters of the Universe figures, but they're horror icons. Yeah. So, like, if you could think about it, like, for our purposes here tonight, Michael Myers... Imagine if he was in Masters of the Universe. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's so awesome. It is. And, but really, the, the idea of making Leatherface and Pinhead and Jason and Freddy and all these guys into that style, it's not that far-fetched when you really think about it. Because they've done bootlegs. There was a line back in the day. Mannix was the brand. They made Monster Maniacs. And they were very similar, but they were actually wrestlers. Yeah. So this isn't that far of a stretch, you know, but w when you really think about it, this is kind of a cool thing because you could either merge your uh, horror icons in with your He-Man figures yes. or you could throw them in the wrestling ring and have some feuds. Oh, man, the best of both worlds. We'll do both. Friday night, <laughs> we'll do the wrestlers and Saturday night, we'll do the He-Man. Exactly. When you really look at these guys, though, they're like super jacked. So Yeah, you know, so that's like basically the whole gimmick with these is that they're, you know, picture He-Man, but they're all horror icons. they got like muscles bulging everywhere. Yeah, they're just like hitting the gym like crazy. Yeah, and some other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you look at the package of the Michael Myers figure in particular, it's based off the Halloween Resurrection movie, which you think about it and you're like, well, why is this based off Halloween Resurrection if it's coming out now? You would think it would just be like kind of a generic Halloween license. Right. Is it just easier to license Halloween Resurrection than it is like for the other movies? I don't know. Maybe someone at Funko just really likes Busta. <laughs> and there's another film where I don't hate that movie. It's just like it's what it's almost like everyone makes fun of me because I like Blair Witch 2 and all these other movies that are looked at as bad. Yeah. Halloween Resurrection is kind of like the same way. It's maybe not good 
in a way that the entire world loves it, but I find that movie perfectly acceptable to watch. There you go. Yeah. There you... I, I don't I don't feel the need to defend it, but I will always leave it on if I come across it. Absolutely, definitely. So Michael Myers comes with two kitchen knives, so you could have one for each hand. Yeah, which let's be honest, of all the like they all come with accessories, but I feel like Michael got the shaft a little bit. Well, you got Pinhead with like 18 different things, including the freaking laments <laughs> configuration. And then poor Michael Myers is over there with two of the same knife. Yeah, but I mean, he's ready to battle it out with the likes of Clamp Champ. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. You <laughs> <laughs> can totally fend off that crab. <laughs> so, and they also range from... Uh, like 12 to 13 bucks, which actually isn't that bad. Yeah, I mean, they're like in the Funko style, they all kind of have that, like, you wish they would have done a little bit more, but let's be real. We're so spoiled now. Like, if you imagine if these came out 10 years ago, we would have been pre ordering sets just oh, immediately. Yeah. yeah. And now it's just that there's so much cool stuff that you kind of be like, eh, it gets lost in the shuffle. But just on the basis level, slashers as He Man figures, <laughs> that's great. That's great. This is like a win. And I, like you said, yeah, we're, we're inundated with cool stuff. We are in a time where like everything comes out and it's awesome and you want it. This kind of like, it just came out of nowhere. It's like, wow, this is really neat, I think. And I'll leave it with this writer. I was reading an article, this writer. This is the quote, okay? These action figures are so weird to me and I honestly don't know why they exist. So there you go. He's the antithesis of me. And you, because he has no appreciation for classic toys. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I could see myself opening an article with that same line. I, I would just mean it as a compliment. I don't know I, why these exist. Why the fuck did they do this? Awesome. He just missed out on Masters of the Universe when he was a kid. Maybe he's too young. Yeah, probably. I mean, most people are compared to us these days, you know? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. We're like 100. Yeah. Seven. Oh my God! Wait a minute! It's Paul Bear! It's Paul Bear! And that—that's gotta be! That's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane! So this is a weird one, and you and me had some serious back and forth on whether I can get away with it. But our list tonight, they're all over the place anyway, so whatever. My pick is Kane, the fiery oh. red monster from WWE. <laughs> oh, yes. And my argument is that he was obviously inspired by Michael Myers. I mean, obviously, that might be a strong word. Obviously might be a strong word, but by the end of this section, I think you're going to be applauding me. And I'm going to okay. hear the claps. <laughs> okay. I'm not talking about Kane from, like, the way he evolved over the years. I'm talking about him for, like, the first six months. Right. So, for those who don't know about wrestling, Kane was supposed to be, like, The Undertaker's purely evil brother. Long mm. thought dead. Seven foot tall guy in a red costume with a leather mask who can shoot lightning on occasion. <laughs> 
<laughs> he debuted, I believe, in 97, right? I think it was 97. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, and I immediately saw connections to Michael Myers. And this is long before I knew that Jim Cornette, who was on the booking committee, had specifically kept Michael Myers in mind when they were developing Kane. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to list off the similarities between these two characters. Excellent. One, neither one seems to feel pain. Like, you can halt them with bullets and tombstone pile drivers, but they always get back up. Okay. Two, they are both completely silent. And I know that Kane eventually started talking, but at first he was basically exactly the same as Michael Myers. Just walking slow, saying nothing, and hurting people. Mm. Three, Kane's original mask, I think, bore at least a little similarity to the Michael Myers mask. Thematically more than literally. It was just it was complete opposite color. Well, the color is not what I'm talking about, or even the design. I just mean that they were both emotionless. Right. There was, like, it was nondescript. Yeah, they weren't yeah. monster masks. They were almost like neutral feeling masks, but no glimpse of the person behind them. Right. For the whole sibling concept, Michael stalked his sister. Kane was after his brother. Mm -hmm. Five. Kane's original theme music, it didn't sound exactly like the Halloween theme, but it was still kind of like this synthy thing that was totally different than usual wrestling music. Can you get the producers to play a clip? Here, here we go. Here we go. Producers. Here, you listening to this shit? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, look, that sounds more like something out of a horror movie than something that's going to lead in a wrestler, you have to admit. Oh, totally, 100%. Yeah. And six, this is probably the biggest one for me, the biggest tell. Kane used to do the same quizzical head tilt that Michael made famous. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, like when the dog hears the unusual noise and just and looks he at tilts his head. Right. Yeah. And I think they attributed that to animals, but there's no way he didn't lift that from Michael Myers. Oh, no, he definitely did. And it's funny you said that because I think you and I were watching a documentary on Friday the 13th, and Kane Hodder actually tried to take, he tried to say that he kind of created that head tilt. <laughs> oh, man, listen. <laughs> No, I love your theory. I'm not against your theory. I was just worried that there wouldn't be enough. But look, you came up with a, a shit ton. Six. Of, six yeah. points of evidence. And guess what? I have another one that's going to even send it home oh, even further. A secret yeah. seven. Yeah. So there is a man in black in parts five and six. Right. Okay? Now, they wrote the man in black without really having an end point. So in part five, when you saw little glimpses of this guy in the black trench coat, black pants, black boots, you didn't really know anything about him or why he was in it or, or anything, right? Right. It's been said, and it's not like 100,000% proven, but the guy who played that character, who also played Michael Myers, has claimed that the early rumblings uh, was that it was going to be Michael Myers' twin brother. Oh. So, and, and it didn't eventually turn out that way, but that was the original idea, which would go to prove how Undertaker and Kane were brothers. There you go. See? That's seven pieces of evidence that Kane... And Undertaker is the man in black. <gasps> and Shane... Right? Oh my God, you're right. This is I it. This is it. Mic. Yeah, you dropped the mic. <laughs> Motherfucker. That's it. This is official. Yeah. Kane, by the way, is now a mayor in Tennessee. For real. Yeah, he, that's right. He's mayor. 
Mayor. <laughs> mayor Kane. <laughs> so congratulations, Kane, both for becoming mayor and for bringing Michael Myers to a score of wrestling fans. Matt, you know, I love me some posters, and this entry is all about the Halloween 6 foreign poster from Italy. Oh, boy. Some of the posters from the Halloween series are just masterpieces. Most of them were how we came to know the films. Like, we always got zoned in on the covers of the VHS tapes in the in the rental stores. Totally. Or, yeah, or we had the posters on our walls when we were kids. However you had that experience, the posters were, like, really important. Yeah, very iconic imagery across yeah. the series. And typically, it would kind of coincide with what the movie was like. It would give you that vibe, uh, especially in the case of Halloween 3. Uh, where you see the trick-or-treaters walking across and it's like... Oh, them know. poor trick-or-treaters. They don't know what's in store for them. <laughs> I just love that one. Yeah. You, you seem it, to have a thing for these these kids getting the mask treatment. <laughs> I know. But, like, in that case, that poster really coincides with the film and it gives you those vibes, you know? Mm -hmm. But some posters were not representative of the films at all. And this is one of them, right? So, in Italy, the poster for Halloween 6 was uh michael myers mask right i'm gonna pull it i'm gonna let me see let me see if i can yeah i gotta pull this one up too i gotta yeah where is it where is it oh where the fuck pull did that. you put come on come yeah on. so it's the italian halloween six poster okay oh there it is oh my gosh so this yeah <laughs> so <laughs> this thing it kind of looks like if I were to design a Halloween poster and then give it to you to write the font. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that font. What the fuck's going on yeah. with that? So basically you see Michael Myers face and the knife, right? Yeah. Basically looks like the regular Halloween six poster. But in this one, for no reason at all, there is a naked blonde lady hanging inside of his yeah, she's, like, worming through his face. Like, yeah. her, his, her legs are going out one eye, and her torso is going out another. Yeah, she's and she's dead out. and naked. Yeah, she's hanging out of his eye holes like she's on a hammock. Yes, that's what it looks like. Like, yeah. I can't tell if she's dead or in pain or kind of just loving life. Oh, she might be in ecstasy for all we know. Yeah. We have no idea. When you look down further, it says Halloween in red, and then there's, like, a squiggly white line underneath it, and then it says six... But rather than it being like the Halloween font, this is not the Halloween font for sure. No, it looks like a fine tip Sharpie that you like doodled. Yeah, it looks like it's like the end credits from Saved by the Bell. It's very friendly. It's really bizarre. But if someone else saw this, be like, what in the F is this? <laughs> it's just not 
it has no representation. Yeah, you have this terrible, terrible fucking image. Like, Michael looks like Pazuzu, whatever his name is, from The Exorcist, and he's got a dead nude woman crossing over his face. Then at the bottom, it's just like, Halloween 6! <laughs> That's totally it. This is another, it kind of leads back, this is my theme of the night. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you find this crap, like, I would have never even known about this thing. Unless I was on a Google search for it. Like, I was just looking at random posters from Halloween, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and then you come across this stuff. Like, when this movie was out, I had no idea that that was the poster in Italy. How would I have known that? <laughs> yeah, you would have no access to this sort of information. And it kind of goes back to, like, what we were saying is that it doesn't represent Halloween 6 really, truly. But it kind of just adds to the... You don't remember the scene where the dead woman <laughs> crawled through Michael's eye sockets? <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I was going to ask you if there was any other posters that you noticed in your searches. Well, now that you mention it. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm actually a big fan of the, the foreign or I should say international horror movie posters because they're always so bizarre and yet fetching in their own way. Yes. So I found this one. I'm going to send it to you now. I'm pretty sure you've seen it before. I believe yes. it's from Japan and I believe it's for the original movie. Yes. And when you pull it up, what up? you I notice got... that Michael looks less like Michael and more like a blue Homer Simpson. She does. I, I actually love this poster. This was also on my notes because the word on the street is like, yeah, he looks like Homer Simpson, like a blue version. But he also kind of looks like Godzilla. <laughs> it's like just oh, really weird. Oh, my God. You're right. With that lightning, he's like, a, he's like Michael Kaiju Myers here. He's totally like a kaiju Mike Myers. Yeah, and that knife that he has is almost half the size of him. Knife? That's a fucking water slide. Yeah. <laughs> but man, that's a great fucking poster. It's that such, yeah, it, it's all black. And then, like you said, there's lightning behind him, almost striking him. And he's kind of bathed on one side in blue. Yeah. But those eyes are huge. Oh, man. You know, I'm looking at this knife now that you mentioned it. That's clearly a shovel. (laughs) Like, it's a gardening shovel. It's either that or one of those things. You know when you go to, like, candy stores and you have to open the plastic thing to get the little nonpareils out of there? And you got to dig with those. Oh, yeah. It's a a candy scooper. Candy scooper. Yeah. Yeah. But this leads me back because, to me, these are the types of things that I like discovering oh yeah this is like because you know you spend years kind of absorbing the lore surrounding your favorite movies and franchises and then you find something out like this yeah like that michael was advertised like part (laughs) six has him with dead women crawling around his head or you know the original had yeah homer simpson blue yeah actually he he predated homer simpson by like 30 years i'm starting to think that (laughs) the matt graining or however you pronounce it looked at this poster and said you know what that's my main guy yeah this is 1978 i guess the simpson came out like what the mid 80s or something something like that yeah (laughs) i mean i was exaggerating by saying 30 years but oh my god yeah this is uh you know you first you sold the the keen michael thing and now you've come to the Simpsons conclusion. Lots of big news coming out of tonight's Purple Stuff podcast. We're going to be all over. We're going to be on BuzzFeed. It's going to be insane. Oh, God. Just don't read the fucking comments. Don't farmi del male, Michael.
number nine. This place is a zoo. I saw Cochran, his car anyway. And your old man stayed here on the 20th. I was right. We'll go directly to the factory. We'll Whoa, find out hold exactly on, slow down, slow down. It's getting late. I could use a drink. Okay, so there's the story I like to tell, and I'm guessing you've heard it. It's about how at the Monster Mania Horror Convention back in 2011, instead of autographs, I paid Ernie Hudson and Zach Galligan to draw me jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, yes, I've heard this. Yeah, my, <laughs> it's just one of my most brilliant schemes. $20 a pop, and I get to watch Billy from Gremlins and Winston sit there drawing pumpkins for five minutes each. So both of those guys were totally game, and that's why they're the ones I always talk about when I bring the story up. Yeah. But there was another Jay. Okay. Another artiste. <laughs> Who was it? It was motherfucking Tom Atkins <laughs> oh, from Oh, my God. Yeah. So he's sitting, like, dead center in their big autograph room. Yeah. And he's known to be a nice guy, but he's also a little bit intimidating. Oh, is he really? I find him to be. I mean, first of all, he's kind of played some badass characters. Definitely. He might be jovial, but he doesn't look jovial. Like, he looks like somebody who could just kick the shit out of anybody. Yeah. I know I'm going to go up there and ask him to draw a pumpkin, and I'm fucking nervous about that. <laughs> so how I deal with this is I go to the bar and I start down in tequila shots. <laughs> As we do. As we do. So yeah. by the time I finally like get the nerve to ask Tom Atkins to draw me a jack-o'-lantern, I am punch fucking drunk. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He's looking at me like, he's like thinking, am I on camera? Like, is this a real thing that's happening? Is this fucking kid standing in front of me asking me to draw him fucking pumpkins? But the guy did it. He did it? He did it, yeah. His jack-o'-lantern was pretty much in the shape of a triangle. And I think it had like googly eyes, but he did it. Oh, I thought you were going to say he drew like snakes and bugs coming out oh, of it. Oh, no, no. The thing was, Ernie Hudson and Zach Allegan, I almost couldn't get them to stop drawing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm standing there, and, you know, as, as, as thrilling as it is to be in the presence of Billy and Winston, I'm like, okay, you know, time's a waste, guys. I just wanted to circle with a stem, you know, let's, let's, let's go crazy. They're drawing, like, landscapes and squirrels and all kinds of shit going on, spiders hanging from the ceiling. Tom Atkins was determined to make sure that his pumpkin did not take any longer than a normal signature would. And I don't blame him, but that's he how probably, it went. He wasn't happy that he had to do some extra work. He didn't, like, I don't, I don't want to imply that he was at, at all cruel or cold, because he wasn't. He was, he was fine. But yeah. I looked in those eyes, and I saw the torment. Yeah, he was, uh, he was besides himself. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the next morning, we're in the hotel's restaurant, and in walks Tom Atkins. And I lock eyes with him, and I feel like he totally remembered me, but did not want to give me that nod. I'm wondering, hey. like, what's going to happen if, if I say hi to this fucking guy again? What's he going to come up with next? Am I going to have to make a balloon animal for him? <laughs> There's a drunk kid who asked me to draw a pumpkin. Yeah, and just for the record, this was, like, seven years ago. I have matured <laughs> since then. Oh, you don't ask people to do things like that anymore? I don't even go in the autograph room. I just go right to the bar. <laughs> So that's my story about Tom Atkins, the autiste. I still consider getting him to draw this triangular pumpkin among my greatest achievements. That is a great story. But you have these three guys make up that list of people you've asked to it's do. It's a triumvirate like they had in Rome. There wasn't anyone else you ever asked to do that, right? No, I felt that spending 60 to $80 on, on pumpkin <laughs> drawings was enough for one night, you know? It was a little frivolous. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, although maybe if you offer Tom a tequila, 
maybe he would have given you a better pumpkin <laughs> I'm sure joint. he had a couple that night, you know? <laughs> Number 10. Come hang out in the store with all the fright. Spirit Halloween has all the makeup, as well as props to complete your costume. Themed costumes for adults. And of course, we've got everything to turn your little angels into ghouls, goblins, and so much more. If it screams Halloween, you'll find it here. And you might leave screaming too. For my final pick tonight, Matt, this is the Halloween H2O door greeter. Oh my Lord. And the weird thing is that when I say Halloween H2O, we both know that was quite a while ago, but this is a new product. Yes. <laughs> so we were in Spirit Halloween the other night and I showed it to you. This is basically a head of Michael Myers that has these glowing blue eyes. Uh, and, and you would think right off the bat, like, wait, hold it right there, man. You're not supposed to see Michael Myers' eyes, right? Right, this that's what I was eyes. thinking. And then you reminded yeah. me this was why they had the H2O branding. Yeah, so the H2O branding is because Michael Myers in that movie, they called him googly eyes because <laughs> in, in the whole movie, he's got these, uh, these stupid eyes, right? <laughs> stupid? I fucking loved those eyes. You love those eyes? They, they, they pack some emotional punch for me. They were very... Um, animated let's put it that way well so. i mean like they did a couple of lingering shots and the guy like behind the mask like what the fuck do i do i guess i just kind of stare really big <laughs> he looked like a cartoon character of michael myers oh, the best cartoon so character. all right well so the head uh that you buy these eyes are very defined okay and they light up blue for some reason i don't know why they light up blue but they do all right yeah they do. Um, <laughs> and what happens is it plays the Halloween theme song. So if you could imagine having this thing in your home and like if it goes off without even someone opening the door, like what if it goes off by accident and like the Halloween theme song is pumping and those blue googly oh eyes God. are staring at you? Oh, oh my, my God. God. It That's is. That, you know, in a way, it's almost like it's a really effective overpriced thing from spirit because it will scare you. Yeah, it totally would scare you. It's creepy as hell. Did you notice that most of them in spirit are wearing those hairnets? They were all wearing hairnets, yes. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah, I, mean, I, like, I get why. Like, You want to keep the, the real human-like hair in good condition. But when you're in the store, it's like staring down a row of rosies from the old bounty commercials. <laughs> it totally is. But like, if they wanted to keep it realistic to H2O... They should take the hairnets off because Michael Myers in that movie, he was like the lead singer of Smash Mouth with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> He'd seen some shit, man. It was like crazy town. <laughs> <laughs> but like 45 bucks for this thing, I think it's well worth it because in addition to it being possibly the creepiest Halloween collectible that I've ever seen in my life, literally. It doesn't truly look like it was molded from any of the movie-used masks. Like, not even the one from H2O. And I'm, I'm going to make a point here. Because it doesn't look like the Shatner mask. doesn't look like the H2O mask. But if you look closely, okay? Yeah. Look really closely at this thing. Now, I'm going to send you the video of this. Okay, please do. Do it right now. Oh my god. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy 
thanks for sending me a link that would force it to go up in full size, full it screen. Automatically, yeah. yeah holy it's shit, giant. it's like he's yeah. here. And like the eyes, they're super big. Like that's how it is in H2O. Like his eyes, for some reason, they're not just like regularly open. It's almost like he's getting injected with some sort of like electrical. Oh my lord, you're right. They're, they're, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. He almost looks happy. That's where I was getting at. So the sculpt on the face, okay? This is kind of the point of why I'm bringing this up. So the sculpt on the face of this door greeter is of, to me, of an actor, okay? <laughs> so Okay, which actor are you seeing yes. here? Right, so, yeah, so, okay, he looks eerily similar to an actor that played a lot of bit parts in 80s movies. And you would know him from the pizza guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, he was also in Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, Nothing But Trouble, Biodome. The list goes on and on. His name is Taylor Negron. Taylor Negron. He, Let me pull this motherfucker up. He's passed away, but his, this, this face. Oh, my Lord. It is absolutely <laughs> Taylor Negron. Why? How? How does this happen? There, I mean, there's. I mean, I'm looking at 80 pictures of Taylor Negron right now, and every single one of them looks exactly like the Michael Myers door greeter. How the hell did they get away with this? They better be. You say he's passed away. Well, his estate better be getting a fucking check from Spirit. Yeah, they better be getting a kickback from that forty-five dollars a pop. Jesus. It was almost like they took a plaster cast of his face before he passed away and made this Michael Myers mask. Maybe that was his, like, you know, last request. <laughs> and he never even played Michael Myers. Well, I mean, I think now you could say he has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taylor Negron door greeter. Yeah. Just 45 bucks from Spirit. I fucking love it. I can't wait to go back and buy one now. I was going to say, now it becomes like the best thing in the world. Like The other night, we're like, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit too much. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little steep. Like, how do we not own it? Oh, God. It's too late for me to go there tonight, but I am so going tomorrow morning. <laughs> me too. This is just amazing. Oh, God. That is definitely among, if not the, decoration of the year. <laughs> It really is. It is so fucking creepy. I and didn't like, realize until watching this video that when you have the lights completely turned off, it's just like, eyes. It is just eyes. And But the thing is, like, there's this person on eBay who's selling it, and they the way they film it, they keep zooming into it, and it's creeping me the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Quick zoomers. Oh, oh wow, my this is God. Amazing. I'm so glad you sent me this video because I was watching another one earlier that was like 15 minutes long. They didn't turn it on until like the 13th minute. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> if anything, you know, people might complain about the new Halloween film, but if anything, it's bringing us all this new crap. I love it. Right. That's always been my argument when people have railed against, uh, you know, new Star Wars or new Transformers or new Ghostbusters. I'm like, you have to understand that the parts of the franchise that you like are going to be raised by these new films. Exactly. So if you don't like the new stuff, just shut up and enjoy the added spotlight on the parts that you do like. Like the exactly. Taylor Negron H2O yes. mask. <laughs> Pizza guy from Fast Times oh, mask. Oh, man. God, Jesus, that's so cool.
All right. So that was the Halloween show. Very eclectic list from us both. I think we, we've topped all previous eclectic lists because holy shit, Kane, Taylor Negron, <laughs> drugstores and, and, and fucking posters with nude women crawling around eye sockets. We've gone where no man has gone before yeah. within the Halloween franchise. I like the Shatner reference. <laughs> so we're going to do the thing. Yeah, let's do the thing. All right, you, pick, um, you pick for mine first. I will I will run through yours. Uh, we've got the shop in Halloween 4 with all the cool little Halloween decorations and whatnot and costumes. Yeah. The Halloween Atari game. Your Kane Undertaker theory. Not theory, just an explanation, I think, is a better term. Proven hypothesis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tom Atkins uh, drawing you pumpkins. Fuck yes. Uh, and uh, the Halloween 3 scene about the magical portal to another land of snakes and right, bugs. and from things. the novelization. Right, from the yes. novelization. So those are five big ones. And it's going to be difficult because, you know, let's be honest, I'm already I'm cutting out the Atari game because to me, just watching the video of the playthrough, it's like it's so frustrating and monotonous. So that was a filler entry for me too. whatever. (laughs) Toss it aside. I don't give a shit. (laughs) The shop in Halloween four is a strong contender. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your cane theory is great, but that's one of the ones that I'm going to have to kind of push off a little bit in favor of the more uh traditional fare gotcha all right so i'm gonna go probably with i'm gonna go with the shop in halloween four good i think that was my strongest point on this list yeah and i god that scene it's like i really want people who have either never seen halloween four or totally forgot it to check it out this year because that scene will do things to you absolutely and halloween four is actually a strong film in the series. And one thing that I kind of complain about with uh, Halloween six is that if they would have worked a little bit harder to get, there's a whole thing, a lot of controversy. If they would have got Daniel Harris to just reprise her role as Jamie, yeah, uh, that would have just topped off that whole three film series because without her in it, it just seems kind of a little bit disjointed. Yeah. I'm with you. But seeing her in, in Halloween four, it had that kind of thing where like when you're a little kid, you know, you could kind of relate to another little kid. Yeah. Where... And plus we were like basically exactly her age at that point. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Exactly. I, I love kind of relating and being in those. Cause like you felt like, Oh man, I'm, I would try to help her fight Michael Myers. So I always love that aspect. Of, yeah. I'm of with Halloween you. Four. Yeah. So could Halloween four. That's the one I was hoping you'd pick. Yeah. Now so good. now uh, let's run through mine. All right. So we have the, the, Mike Myers, Michael Myers mask scene from Baby Driver. I'm going to put that one on the shelf for now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We have Funko's Savage World figures. Yes. Cool, but I don't think I'm going to give those the nod. Okay. We have the... All right, now we're getting to the contenders. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm going to put aside the Michael Myers memes. Okay. That was a filler, too. Yeah. So (laughs) it's down to the foreign poster with the nude, perhaps dead woman crawling around Michael Myers' eye sockets. (laughs) <laughs> or the, uh, what, what's his name? Mr. Negron door greeter from H2O. Yes. Wow, that is tough. But you know what? It's 2018, baby. I'm going to go with something current. That door greeter is getting my pick tonight. 
I felt like it was like a no-brainer. Yeah, you know? Jesus Christ. You know, when you said you were going to talk about this, I'm like, how the fuck are you going to talk about some stupid bullshitted spirit for five minutes? But to tell you the truth, Jay, I think we should have made this entire episode about that George Reader. <laughs> I felt the same thing. Oh, God. It, it is... is it's so unsettling. The best description I could say is that because if there's people listening who haven't seen this thing yet, it's like the Halloween Michael Myers version of one of those paintings that follows you around with the eyeballs. Oh, it's exactly like mansion. that. That's what it's like. Only it's Even a... though the, the eyes don't move, but it's that same creepy vibe. Totally that vibe. And, I, you know, every Halloween season has that one thing that becomes synonymous with it, yep. be it a junk food or some sort of retail item. I yep. think this is going to be the one. This is the big one. Mm -hmm. This is the silver tuna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the finalists tonight are the door greeter and the drugstore from Halloween 4. Yeah, big mm. time. Yes. Congratulations. The drugstore, which appeared in 4 and 5. <laughs> Allegedly, yes. <laughs> yes. So this has been our Halloween show. I'm looking forward to the new movie. I can't wait to see it. Did you buy our tickets yet? Because you know I'll never actually do it. Oh, I'll, I'll be right on that. All right, thank as you. As soon as they go on sale. Excellent. Can't wait. So what do you think is going to happen, though? Um, let's place our bets. Okay, what do I think is going to happen in the new movie? Yeah, do you think Jamie Lee is going to off Michael Myers? Or is it going to be the other way around? Um, I believe that this movie, to work, is going to have to be a little fan servicey, So it's going to have to be Jamie killing Michael Myers. I could totally see that happening, but I feel like... They're not going to kill him because they're going to want to make another eight films. <laughs> well, I mean, that never... He dies in every fucking movie. It doesn't stop him before. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. So what do you think is going to happen? If, aside from, like, the killing, what are you expecting? Well, I really am looking forward to seeing... Jamie Lee, like, really badass. I think that's a good take on it. Yeah. Uh, and I like her kind of the paranoia. I'm, I'm such a fan of that whole vibe. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, you're always going on and on about paranoia. You just fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, paranoia. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. My checklist is complete. A plus. This is so deep. <laughs> Logs into letterboxed. <laughs> I don't want to see Michael Myers die, obviously, but I don't want to see her die either. So no. I think there's a good chance that she will die in this, unfortunately. Yeah, because, well, I can't imagine that she automatically signed up for more. Of course, somebody's going to chime in and tell us that she's actually signed up for five films already. <laughs> Anytime I make an authoritative fact statement, I'm wrong. Yeah. No, they'll be like, well, she's she's going to be in the next one, but she's going to be a force ghost. <laughs> well, actually, guys, <laughs> thank God this is buried in the final minute. Maybe, yeah. maybe they won't get this far. Maybe Kane will turn them off. <laughs> no, but I can't wait to see. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a big year for Michael Myers. He's all over the Halloween stores. He's all over the cinema. And he's all it's... over the Purple Stuff podcast. He is. So... This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time.
This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. Coming up next on WKNB, it's Back Talk with Barry Sims.